everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. We have a very special, interesting episode for you today. It's going to be a wild one. Oh my gosh. Really tired. It's a roller coaster. We are going to CrimeCon in a few days and things have been insane. And by the way, thank you to Laura F. who gave us a lovely donation just to treat us for CrimeCon for a dinner or something. That's so nice. so nice. We're going to Um, Chili's. No, we could go to Chili's like 10 times. Sounds great. Let's do that. And I think we still have Chili's gift cards from someone else from like when we first started the podcast and started talking about Chili's. We will be there. I still have. We'll be there for like 12 meals. Yeah. There's Chili's all the time. Melissa, we're going to take you to Chili's, girl. So, uh, but we're going to CrimeCon and things have just been escalating very fast. First, they said we could come to CrimeCon and have a booth, which we've had to beg for because they were full. And then we very last minute were like, yeah, you can come. You can have a booth. Okay, great. And then a few days ago, they were like, oh, by the way, do you want to do a panel like a real live recording in a huge room with hundreds of seats. No, I I believe before that we were invited to a mysterious cocktail party. Yeah, I believe that party. came first. Yeah. And then do you want to do this panel? And we were like, what? I thought it was like in a booth, a live recording. No, it's in a room with hundreds of people. We're not going to fill hundreds of people. There will be lots of empty seats, but we're still really excited. We asked Meg to do it with us. He said yes because he's amazing. And so we're doing a live recording of Secrets in Silver Lakes, which is one of our most famous episodes. And it was a Mank episode. And it's one we talk about all the time. So I'm so excited to revisit it. Oh, I am too. And now we know the reason for all of it, which is what you're about to announce. Which is we were nominated for the Clue Awards, which is the CrimeCon Awards for People's Choice Creator of the Year, which is insane and fully convinced that people thought they were voting for Dateline by accident or because our name comes first because it's alphabetical. It was an accidental click. They just started at the top and went click. Oh, well, okay, I guess I'll vote for them. They're fine. Yeah. I think it might be like a click and then it just submits it and then you can't change it. So once you accidentally click someone, you're in. So I think people voted for us accidentally thinking it was Dateline or we were the first one and they wanted to see how a button works and they pressed the button. And the other podcasts on the list of the five are incredibly serious podcasts and Nancy Grace. The minute I saw Nancy Grace is when I was like, well, this is definitely a mistake. Right. Every single person is an investigative journalist, former prosecutor, private investigators, defense attorney. I mean, established career careers in crime. Although ours podcast has been going on for longer than most of theirs, I think. So again, though, people in crime with degrees. (laughs) But so anyways, of course, when I went to them, they're like, it's not a mistake. It says your name. It says a day with Dateline. It has our first names and last names. They're like, it's not a mistake. Take the praise. We're not good at taking the praise. We're still going to think it's a mistake. If we win, I'll think it's a mistake. I'm prepared to not win. I hope we don't win because I'll be embarrassed. I'll be way too embarrassed. I would never be able to look at Nancy Grace again. What if she pulls a Kanye? I'm going to let you finish. But I've been on the air screaming, where are the children? For 20 years, I was on Dancing with the Stars. How much more do I have to do? You're very well aware we very well may be sitting at a table with her, correct? For because sure. the nominees sit together. Yeah. 
I'm so scared, Nancy Grace. I cannot wait. I will be talking to the other podcasters. I have a lot of questions for her. I will be talking to her. Nice questions. Yeah. I have. I want to talk about Jean Benet. Mm. I have questions. I want to talk about Casey Anthony. Okay, that's fair. Why can't we talk about that stuff? Sure. Yeah. She might be sick of talking about that stuff. She might, but we're going to try it. Yeah. Okay. But there's like a dinner. We had to put a food request. This is way too fancy for us. I will be carrying flip-flops in my purse. I think that's fine. It's also hosted by Matt Murphy. Can I ask him how the surfing is going? No. Is he wearing his wetsuit underneath? This is for our prep in the hotel room on Thursday night when you tell me who people are and I tell you and I give you a list of don'ts with like a ruler pointing to them. (laughs) Don't say this. Don't say this. That's it. And then I'm going to end up saying it. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be great. So anyway, it's been very chaotic and busy. And so we, and we're also not going to be able to record for next week, but we have an episode that needs to come out. So we are recording tonight a double episode. This is a very long-winded way of saying thank you so much for people that voted for us that are going to CrimeCon. And this is going to be a two-part episode. And it's an episode that I've been wanting to do. I've been saving it for a long time. And now this was a perfect time because it's a perfect episode to split into two because there's two mysterious deaths and lots of twists and turns and so i think it's going to be a good one i'm really excited yes but thank you to all of you who voted i'm sorry it's not that we weren't grateful we were just in shock and denial so and if you look up the definition of imposter syndrome if you look it up that that's what you're watching it happen in real time exactly so there you go so this episode is called deadly twist and this will be part one of Deadly Twist. In part two, I will do a tiny recap of what we've discussed in part one. But obviously, we want you to listen to both. So it first aired March 20th, 2015. And it's season 23, episode 30. You can find it on Peacock. It's hosted by Keith Morrison. The driver rushed through the twisting, stomach-churning track, inches from yawning, inky black depths. Come on. That's a good description of a forest. This whole opening is one of his best, I think. Inky black depths. Yawning inky black depths. Yawning inky and black And not yawning depths. like it's tired, but it's a gaping yawn. It's a gaping chasm. Cha- a, ch- a chasm? Yeah, isn't that... Isn't a chasm? It's a chasm. Oh, is it a chasm? Yeah. <laughs> it's spelled like chasm. But it's chasm. We're I thought you were doing it funny an, to be cute. We're nominated for an award. <laughs> this girl. I don't think it's imposter syndrome. I think it's reality syndrome. Yeah, I think it's just a cold, hard look at the facts. Yeah. Maybe we are true crime professionals after all. Look at us. <laughs> Looking at the evidence. So we are seeing images of a car on fire. And as one of them was launched on a path, what answers did the fire consume? As one of them, I don't know who one of them is supposed to mean, the passengers, save that there are two passengers, one of them was launched on a path as dark and twisted as the mountain road itself. Ooh. Very good, Keith. Okay. Bravo. One evil getting another and another until, and then we see this older gentleman who finishes Keith thought, which they don't usually do. Keith is in voiceover, and then someone in real life in an interview finishes the thought. Mm -hmm. Oh, to finish Keith's thoughts. So this older gentleman says, 
This whole story is a mixture of murder and blood and failings and grace and heaven and God. And I was like, oh boy, we might need to make this into two parts. This is why. Yeah, this is a dateline. We'll have the murder and the blood in the first one and then heaven and God and grace in the second one. No, it's going to be all mixed. I think it's an all mixed throughout. All mixed throughout. So we start in Napa Valley, California. Very beautiful. And a woman who loved four men, her father. So not like, that's a little misleading. I kind of felt like she was in like a love pentagon with four men, but really it's three men and her father. Right. So her father is this prominent artist who we will get to because I have so many thoughts. Oh, you know him? No. You know his work? No. Oh. Her husband, an ex-fighter pilot, her lover, I don't like that word, the former Marine. Straight up lover from the jump. A lover right away. Yeah. Her other lover, her first boyfriend, that would-be impressionist painter. Was that shade? Oh, my, Yes, but we don't even have time because there's so much shade for this poor man that it's like we would run out of time if we talked about all the shade on this poor artist that was her first boyfriend. But it starts quickly. That's right off. Our introduction to him is this would-be impressionist painter. Yeah. Before we even get his name, I think. Ooh, it is. It's before we get his name. And he is wearing a sublime shirt. Yeah. Puka shell necklace. Yeah. And a bucket hat with sunglasses on top of the hat. No, we got to move on. (laughs) That's Tim. The woman is Rachel Hatfield. But we're starting with Tim, her first long-term boyfriend. And Keith says to Tim, the man in the bucket hat, tell me about Rachel. As benign a question as you can start an interview, besides like, how was your day? And Tim says, oh, shoot. And he cusses. I'm sorry. We're starting, huh? And Keith is like, what? We did the camera roll and then we clapped and we did a whole, did you not know we're sorry? It's too much to start with Rachel. Like it's, the emotions are just on the surface for him and he just loses it the second that Keith asks his very first question. I've never seen anything like it. He thought, I think that there was going to be some sort of softball buildup question. like Yeah, chit chat about the weather. Or maybe tell me how you two met, which would be easier than just tell me about her. Right. Because maybe it's too big of a question Mm. for Tim. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. He's like, my puka shells cannot handle this. So Keith says, what just happened to you when I asked that question? And he's like, oh, my heart just went boom. And he said they fell in love when they were teenagers. And Keith says, Tim looked like a character from the movie Dazed and Confused. And Rachel was casually glamorous, like she was in her own romantic comedy. They were aspiring artists. Her dad was this well-known painter. His art was seen in like people's living rooms across America. That's what his big genre was, living room art, beach scenes. And you Mm. may have seen his how to paint courses on YouTube. We see a little bit. I would say he's no Bob Ross. But he's rich. We don't know if he's no Bob Ross. Although, did you see that Bob Ross's first painting just went up for $10 million? Yeah, I could, that makes sense. It does make sense. The first Happy one he ever did trees. on camera. But he's a lot gruffer than Bob Ross. Part of the joy of Bob Ross is that he's very calm and Correct. calming. And it's and almost like he's ASMR. He's not judging you. Right. 
John will judge you. John is judging you through the YouTube computer. Yeah, like, for sure. Through the screen. He's like, that tree is awful. You are garbage. You are a failure. Quit Don't quit your day job. Now. Mm-hmm. So Keith says, though many are called, few are chosen. And clearly Don has been chosen because he's made a lot of money at YouTube and living room art. But Tim's success as an artist wasn't happening. So basically Keith is saying Don, Rachel's dad, made it. Tim, Rachel's boyfriend, it's not happening. So he and Rachel lowered their dreams, lowered their sights, and hustled up work like murals of a kid doing karate. And I say that because we saw a photo of one, and it was of a kid doing karate. I'm guessing it was a bar mitzvah gift for someone on his bedroom wall. I think it was probably a mural on a karate studio. Or a mural on a karate studio. Yeah. And apparently murals don't pay well, as Keith lets us know. So Rachel's dad, Don, says she was undergirding, which was a word I didn't know. So I always learn from something from Dateline. Thank you, Dateline. Undergirding. Undergirding and supporting Tim. But he does it so sarcastically. He's like, she was supporting Tim. It's almost like Tim's not his real name. Like There are air quotes or something around it. The dad, Don, does not like Tim. It's very clear. Tell me that you think that your daughter's boyfriend is a stoner loser without saying it. Yeah. Because that's the the underlying message of all of this. Yeah. He never liked him. And then he just full on says, I hope she would outgrow Tim. She had a college degree. She was offered, you know, these big jobs out of college. But no, I want to paint murals with Tim. Don needs to chill out. <laughs> Don, this is your daughter and you're on a dateline, so I have a feeling something is going to go terribly wrong. Take your tone down a skosh. I think that Don's defense mechanism is sarcasm. I think so. It has to be, or he's a total... No, and he's not. I think he can be hard to deal with. He's probably a bit difficult in an interview. He's hard to empathize with, Yes, for sure. and he is, I think, a very judgmental father. Or he's coming off that way. Yeah. So he says, I hope she would outgrow Tim. She's doing these murals. And Keith says, were they any good? And Don goes, not really. (laughs) That I laugh. Just straight off the bat. No, not really. (laughs) Just not even trying. He's not not even trying. trying to be kind about his daughter's art. Did anyone prep him for this interview? Does he have anyone in his life that's like, Don, we know how you come across. We need you. I'm going to sit by the camera and give you a hand signal anytime you're coming off like a D-bag. I'm going to be honest. I think someone totally prepped him. And maybe Don is the kind of personality Mm -hmm. where if you bring that up, he's going to do it more to prove a point. Yes. Take me or leave me. This Keith Morrison can take me or leave me. This is who I am. Yeah. I'm not going to change myself for Dateline. What is Dateline? A mural? Dateline's the mural of TV. Right. That's his attitude. 100%. So Rachel was with Tim for 14 years from when they were teenagers into like 30. That's a long time. That's an incredibly long time to have your dad hate your boyfriend. It also makes sense why he hates him so much because in dad mind – you wasted 
all of my daughter's 20s. Right. When she could have been moving towards a different career or whatever, he probably thinks that Tim was a lot of what held her back. Yeah. I would guess. But Rachel was going to do what Rachel wanted to do, I of think. Of course. So. It's not reality, but dad's going to think that. Yeah. Eventually, Rachel wanted to have kids and get married, and Tim wasn't ready. So she met a man, Todd, who was everything Tim wasn't. Keith, ouch. That's He's a just going with the flow, and <laughs> Todd yeah, is telling like, him. Yeah, he's like, if Don is going to diss Tim, then I'm going to do it too. Well, and and unfortunately, Tim is not showing himself to not be. No, that is how he is also coming admitted. across to Keith. And so Keith is like, if you tell me what you are, I will believe you. <laughs> Keith is, He's like, yes, Maya Angelou. Yes. Tim is not giving him a reason to be like, no, Tim was a great guy. He's just not doing that. No. Shifting in his seat. He wore a Sublime t-shirt to his Dateline interview. Keith has got your number. Puka shells. So- this man, Todd, who Rachel meets, is a focused, disciplined, former ex-fighter pilot and businessman. Tim is now, oh, shoot, I need to propose and win her back before she runs off with this guy, Todd. So he runs to buy a ring to propose, but she turns him down and she gets married to the guy with the job and the boat and no bucket hat. Yeah, this is also that age, right? She's early 30s at that point. Yeah, she's like, I want kids. I got to choose this guy, Todd. And I want kids and not have to worry about being able to buy them shoes. Yeah. And I don't want to ask my dad for money because I bet you at this point, dad said, as long as you're with Tim, I'm not giving you any other money. You made your choice. Yeah, I'm sure that's right. Yeah. She told her friend, I broke up with Tim. And then two months later, she calls the same friend and says, I need you to be here in two days. I'm getting married. And the friend says, oh my gosh, yes, you made up with Tim. No, it's this guy with the boat. And <laughs> she didn't say that. But if I was dating a guy with a boat, I would totally be calling him boat guy. Big boat daddy energy or something. Stop it. Stop. But I think you would. Yeah. If you called me, you'd say he's got a boat. And I'd be like, I'll be there. Yeah. What time? Are we, on, are we going on the boat? When can we go on the boat? We just love a boat. It's not the, about the money. We just love a boat. Even if you're in debt and you have a boat, I'm interested. Even if it's like a dinghy, I'm fine. I just want to go on a boat. So, Well, not a dinghy with holes. No. I don't want to get stuck on a boat. Sea safe. A seaworthy vessel. Seaworthy vessel. Yeah. There we go. But also, if you're the friend and you have a friend who breaks up with their boyfriend of 14 years... And then calls you two months later and says, I'm getting married. Be here in two days for my wedding. Are you excited? Are you annoyed? I feel like I am that friend. So I'm not, I'm going <laughs> to not comment at this time. You gave us plenty of notice on your wedding. But it could have gone another way. You know, it could have gone another way. It totally way. could have. Yeah. I am just not one of those women who is constantly wedding ready. You know, like I have a very specific body type. I can't just throw on a dress. My face is never in a state of ready. If I'm going to a wedding, I need a month of prep for facial care, learning how to do my makeup. It's a whole process. Mm -hmm. What makes it easier, Katie? What makes you wedding ready at the go? How about just life ready at the go? Just maybe you're going to run into someone that you want your face to be put together for at any given time. Maybe you're crime con ready. That's going to be Thrive. I need to do Thrive. I need, I want to be gas station ready. I just like yeah. go to a gas station and run into sing, somebody single. Can we coin that? Hashtag Wawa ready. <laughs> <laughs> 
hashtag Bucky's ready for the future. Because honestly, whether you like to be just fresh faced, but still pretty or full glam or somewhere in between the two, which I feel like is a lot of makeup wears, really, I just sort of want to look my best on a daily basis. You've probably come across in the journey for beauty thrives unbelievable tubing mascara Mm -hmm. because it is a a one-of-a-kind amazing product that literally people can't live without. I'm talking about the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. Thrive has done this incredible thing for women and their eyelashes, which is to create a mascara that looks like lash extensions, but without all the damaging glue or the incredible expense that it takes to get lash extensions also they don't fall out like lash extensions like as people they start to fall out you see spaces do you know what i'm talking about i'm sorry if this is you but it does happen so i would recommend giving the liquid lash extensions mascara from thrive a try if this is you and look it lasts all day without clumping smudging or flaking it is crime con ready it is wawa ready it is wedding ready also when you're ready to take it off it slides right off with warm water hence the tubing properties, that it just sort of comes off in tubes. You don't need any of that harsh eye makeup remover to take it off. The nourishing ingredients in the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara support longer, stronger, healthier-looking lashes over time, so you are doing your eyes a favor by getting this mascara. It's unbelievable. And even better than that, all of Thrive's beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. They're made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. They are high-performance and trademarked formulas with uncompromising standards. TM. Also remember, for every product you purchase from Thrive, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Mm. I love that. I love the fact that you're doing something good by making yourself look good, too. Yes. Win-win. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that actually gives back. And right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics. Remember, company with a cause, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off your first order. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, your lashes are going to have a ball with Thrive Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. Check it out if you haven't already. It's unbelievable. We are not exaggerating. No, everyone in my family has to have it. It's a has to have. It's amazing. Another way that you can look your best, look Wawa ready at the ready, is to get some sleep. Yeah. Getting a good night's sleep does wonders. Yes, it does. Sometimes you have your gym bag packed. Wait, what is a gym bag? Gimbug. Gimbos. I think it's pronounced giant. It's giant bag. And you are ready to go. You end up hitting the snooze and you roll out of bed an hour later. If falling asleep easily and waking up feeling rested is something you need help with, let me tell you more about the Hatch Restore 2. I keep seeing it everywhere, like on YouTube channels and just everywhere. And I'm so excited that I now have one in my home. It's amazing. It's amazing. Think of it as your bedside sleep guide, your ally in rest. We can all use all the allies we can get. Yes. Because people are just coming at us. And ruined your good night's sleep. It could be a cat. It could be your neighbor. It could, it could be, be your own mind. Your own mind. <laughs> Try to attack you. The innovative all-in-one dream machine 
not Katie, Dream Machine was her nickname in high school because she was a teenage dream. Nice try. It's a sophisticated sound machine, also Katie's nickname. Light <laughs> and alarm clock, beautifully designed for your bedside table. This thing is stylish. I have one by my bed. And let's say the rest of my bedroom is just as messy as my mind. It's quirky. It's quirky. The side of my bed looks like a Pinterest board. You can picture it on one of those glass side tables. Have you seen those that are all yeah. glass? Yeah, but really it works anywhere. They're just sleek. Sleek. Good rest allows you to be the best version of yourself, something I'm always working on with my doctors. There's a reason it's one of the first questions your doctor asks you, how have you been sleeping? Because it is one of the pillars of your health. And the Hatch Restore 2 was engineered to help you form healthy sleep habits for life. It teaches your body when it's time to sleep, when it's time to rise. It gives you light and sound cues to help wow. you fall asleep and wake up. It even has meditations, mindfulness exercises. It helps you create these like good rituals before you go to sleep and yep. when you wake up in the morning. And did you know there's not just white noise? There's pink and brown noise. Hatch has those noises, has sounds inspired by nature. I currently have the waves of the ocean waking me up with a light that's like the sunrise, even though let's be real, I sleep way later than the sunrise. That's but okay. now it's like I'm waking up at a beachside apartment to the I sun. It. I sleep so much better with the Hatch and you can too. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of a Hatch Restore 2 and free shipping at hatch.com slash date dateline. Sleep deeply and wake gently with the Restore 2. Go to hatch.co slash date dateline to get $20 off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash date dateline. And hatch yourself a world-class sleep plan. Thank you so much, Hatch. Thank you, Hatch. So Tim did not want to go to the wedding because he couldn't handle it. Understandably, this was his girlfriend of 14 years. So he goes to a bar. And guess what happens? The wedding party comes into the bar to celebrate. Okay, Is so that not a, your worst nightmare? Maybe you should have gone to a bar in Missouri. Maybe Tim you should have left. The state. Towns away at least. So far. She comes in celebrating with this guy who has a boat and big daddy boat energy. Yeah. It's is, too much. And you were probably sitting there by that time way over the limit. Yeah. And your bucket hat is real droopy. Yeah. And if you're thinking this is when the Dateline event occurs, no, but under it could have occurred. That seems like a recipe for disaster. It seems like a recipe for Dateline or a recipe at least at the beginning of an intervention episode. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. So Keith says to Tim, I can't imagine because Keith has never been dumped before and never ran into the wedding party of the woman who's been dumped. Let's be real. Never. And then he adds insult to injury by saying to Tim, I mean, to be the guy who gets dumped is bad. And Keith. I thought he was going to say something inspirational like is bad dot, 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 but something. Nah. Nay, that was it. Being the guy who gets dumped is bad, period. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. It sucks. What else can you say? <sighs> so Tim quits painting. He had no inspiration or oomph to do his art anymore. 
And then Keith says, history, as much as we try to slip its grip, is a sticky business. History is a sticky business. I feel like it would have been a perfect opportunity for someone to be washing paint off their hands. Oh. And we did not get that B-roll. And I'm no. not telling Dateline how to do their job. I'm just, it was yeah, a prime the, opportunity. The B-roll doesn't often correspond to the waxing poetic in a way like that, like a play on words. Yeah. So Rachel marries Todd Winkler and no relation no to relation Henry. to beloved nicest man in Hollywood, Henry Winkler. AKA the Fonz. Who I have so many stories about. All good. And Aww. she married into this very different lifestyle. Todd has private airplanes at his house, a boat, motorcycle, big house. It's one of these air parks outside of San Francisco where people park their airplanes in the garage next to their Teslas or whatever. It's a whole different world. I don't like that. He's also a pharmaceutical rep, which after roll. dope sick and all these other things, I can't hear pharmaceutical rep anymore because I'm Without immediately like, mm-hmm. after painkiller, nope. Now that she's married to Todd, we're going to finish crapping all over Tim, right, Keith? No, we are not. Oh, Tim versus Todd, Keith asks. And Don, her dad, says, no contest. Okay, Don, we get it. Don. So Don, Rachel's dad, thinks that Todd is the big man on campus if the campus was his daughter's dating life. He thinks she has found the greatest guy and he's so excited about his new son-in-law. He's successful. He's from the Midwest, upper middle class, and he's got planes and boats. What more could you ask for? Mm. So then Keith says, what Tim, the starving artist, could offer, besides a lot of love and loyalty, was nothing. Keith, how many minutes are we into this episode and you're still dogging on poor Tim? Sorry, but we're seeing him in some sort of cool painting artist loft. He has a lot of slides of like photographs of art that he's done. He's organizing the slides. It looked professional. Don, meanwhile, so excited about his new son-in-law. Todd takes Rachel and her dad to Disney World. He is full on, this is kissing up to the max of your new father-in-law. You take him to Disney World. Tim and his puka shells could never afford that trip. Dad doesn't know that Rachel, meanwhile, isn't totally happy in her new marriage and is still talking to Tim. Her marriage wasn't all apple pie and ice cream. I've never used that expression before, but I'm going to a lot. Did Keith say that? Keith said that. It was mud pies and... So Rachel told Tim Todd had taken her credit card and bought a plane and put her in debt for $45,000. And what do you say now, Don? Yeah, Don. Exactly. Don doesn't know. And so Tim says, well, aren't you freaking out? And Rachel said, he'll take care of it. And Keith says it almost was like bragging because Tim could barely afford credit at all. Okay, let's lay off Tim. Keith, now I've I feel never bad. seen Keith do this. This is crazy. And also, she doesn't know Todd. Sorry, they hadn't dated that long. She was dating Tim for 14 years. So regardless, Tim is like her best friend on earth. Yeah. The end. I hate to say it, but I don't know. Did she make the wrong choice? Yes. Yeah, clearly, because we're on Dateline. But if I was Tim and couldn't afford a credit card, I would be thinking she was maybe bragging a little. 
Oh, he put $45,000 on a credit card, but he'll take care of it. No, I don't think that was, did Tim think that was bragging? It didn't seem to be that Tim thought that was bragging. He thought it was bragging and implies that Tim also thought it was bragging. You don't think it was bragging? I think she's scared. You think she's asking for help, kind of? I think she's like, what is this about? Mm, mm -hmm. Why did he do this? Does he not have his own money? I don't know this guy very well. Why is he doing this in my name? Is it so that it can help build my credit? Because it doesn't feel like that. Right. So Tim decided he couldn't be on the outside looking in anymore, which has to be the name of a Michelle Branch song. I'm going to look it up after. He decided, I need to move on and I need to start painting again. And he starts painting outside with his bucket hat in his B-roll. And he says, Rachel, please stop calling. I need space. But he wasn't very successful. And that's all Keith says. And we don't know if he means successful in the painting or in the forgetting about Rachel. Could be both. No, he better not. I think it's forgetting about Rachel that he can't forget. But I do think it's mature of Tim to do that. I think it was a wise decision for his mental health. Yeah, completely. But it's really hard to do, to disconnect, especially when, again, that's a long time. That person is a big part of your life. I've said it many times, like Seinfeld said, ending a relationship is like pushing over a soda machine. You have to rock it back and forth a few times. And a 14-year relationship, you have to rock back and forth like 25 times. And a 14-year relationship when you're doing all those changes that happen in your 20s. Yeah. You change a lot as people. So the fact that they manage to stay together for all of it is, it's a lot. You become almost a different person. So. Yeah. Meanwhile, Todd is still paying for everything and treating father-in-law Don to expensive things. Like they moved to Australia for Todd's work. He flies Don to come visit. Don says every night was a party, comedy club, Cirque du Soleil. This is just Todd is spending and Don loves it. Tim is a mere memory. Don is so excited about his new life that he married his daughter into. Well, and isn't Don kind of well off? Don is already rich because of his painting career. But now he's excited that there's new More family money. money coming in. And he's being treated to all this stuff. So then they move back to Sacramento, San Francisco. It's outside San Francisco, closer to Sacramento, this air park where you park your plane in your garage. And we're meeting these very nice and well-dressed wealthy neighbors. And they're saying the neighborhood had all these parties all the time. You can't live in this neighborhood if you are an introvert. They have Oktoberfest, Christmas, Easter, Valentine's, ice cream, socials. This is too much. I don't want to socialize with my neighbors that much. Who are these people? I don't know. What's going on in this neighborhood that they just all want to hang out together? I don't get it. They're all very dressed for the they're they're the opposite of how tim is for his interview exactly the polar opposite exactly nary a puka shell in sight literally when you say dress for success they need to show this picture exactly so todd fits in great with the neighborhood he has two planes they loved having an ex-fighter pilot as a neighbor. He was interested in them, the neighbors. He would ask them questions. This lawyer woman says he asked about her cases. He looked you in the eye when he was talking to you. And then the husband says, I thought he was a guy's guy. And he was just a 
He was so cool. Everyone loved Todd in this neighborhood. A little more than Rachel, maybe. Ooh. Wow. So now Keith is kind of dogging on Rachel. So they didn't really talk to Rachel. She always seemed polite, but distant. And Todd was the one they really saw. Eventually, they had two kids, Todd and Rachel, and they really see, saw Todd mostly with the kids. They seemed like this perfect family, but they didn't see Rachel that much. Todd worked for this pharmaceutical company and was on his way towards a C-suite, as in CEO. How douchey does that sound? The C-suite? Mm -mm. Todd's office was in the San Francisco Bay, and that was a long commute, so he got an apartment there for the week, and okay. he would stay in the city. Let's just, let's talk about that for a second. That's never good. I mean, I'm sure it works for a lot of couples, but on Dateline, it never works. San Francisco. I just want to talk about the rent in San Francisco. I can't even imagine. It's un. It's higher Real. than it is in LA, which is something. So you just got some place to stay for the week. For probably $5,000 a month. Was he working for the Sacklers? I have a lot of questions about what his job was. I'm going to look it up later. I need to know. He got this apartment. Rachel, meanwhile, is at home with the kids all week. She oh gets boy. restless. And you can tell by her hair in the B-roll because it keeps changing styles and colors, which is what Katie does when she gets bored. Yeah. So- I felt that. Mm -hmm. She put her kids in daycare and got a full-time job managing the air park. And this is the moment I always remember from this episode. It's not even the crime element. It is this moment that is about to happen. If you ask me, have you seen Deadly Twist? I say, yeah, the guy with the bucket hat and this moment. Keith asks Rachel's dad, Don, how is Rachel as a mother? And Don rubs his eyes under his glasses and says, oh, she was okay, I guess. What the elf? Somewhere out there, like the commercial where the Native American is crying on the side <laughs> of the road. <laughs> like having a dad that's this disappointed in everything you do is a brutal weight to bear. I was disgusted, and I'm not a mother, and I was I, disgusted for her. I feel horrible for her. I hope he wasn't really, I hope he's putting this on thick for Dateline, and this isn't, rest in peace. I mean, why are you doing this? It's Why are horrible. you saying it like that? Why are you saying this on Dateline, on national TV, where all of her other relatives and her friends are going to see this? About her being a mother. I'm sure she loved her kids. And was trying her best. By the way, the kids are going to see this at some point, Grandpa. And they're going to be like, we loved our mom. She and was also, great. if she was not happy being a full-time mom and it made her happier to have a job, that's good for the kids to see their mom being happier and living out some sort of dream for herself and purpose that besides being a mom. If she was happy being a full-time mom, then that would have been great. But she wasn't. I just am so mad at Don right now. I can barely speak. I just don't think it needed to be said, and I don't know why he felt like he needed to say that. It was a real softball question that you could have said, yeah, she loved those kids. You don't have to even comment on her as a mom. You can just say she loved her kids. That yeah. doesn't really answer the question, That's, but it tells you what you need to know. Person. And instead of looking like you're so disappointed in all of her life decisions. Mm-hmm. 
That's how people talk if someone's a heroin addict. Right. And then even then, if you're on Dateline and they are passed away, you say she had her demons. They had their struggles. Yes, exactly. But they, she loved those kids. You bet. She would have done anything for them. Wow. Yeah. So Keith says in voiceover, "Was that harsh?" Yes, yes. Keith. Yes, it was. I it think was we too can harsh. all agree. It was incredibly harsh. Don yep. Keith is a dad, and I don't think he was happy with that comment. No. And I think they had many debates in the production room and the editing suite how they were going to play this off, and if they were going to include it in the episode even. It's how he answered. But he left it in. So we get to see it, and that's why I always remember this episode. It's really something. I have one thing to say. El Padre Don es muy grosero, which means yeah. rude. He's rude. Rude. Mi cara se encendía. My face is on fire, or roughly, I have flames on the side of my face. There you go. Por culpa de Don. I, because of Don is what I'm trying to yes, say. Yes, correct. Because Thanks of to Dawn. Babel, my Spanish is really improving, which is perfect for me to show my outrage at Dateline episodes. It makes it so much more fun to be outraged in two languages. Yeah, and when you get quicker, you can rattle that off and it's going to yes. sound great. Mm-hmm. I sound like I'm in a telenovela just screaming yeah. at the TV. Mm-hmm. This fall, start learning a new language with Babbel. It works because it's designed by real people for real conversations and real life situations. Stuff like learning how to get around town and shopping and ordering food, the day-to-day stuff that you use if you're going on vacation. You don't want to be that American on 90 Day Fiance who doesn't know anything about the culture and just wants to order tacos but comes home with a whole fiance because they were trying to get guac on the side. Yeah. Don't be that person. Please don't. Learn the language. I love the way Babbel teaches you to use spaced repetition and interactive lessons. And these are like cognitive tools based on science that help you learn better. So no matter how your brain works, Babbel can help you. And it's all in 10 minutes a day. Everyone is so busy right now. I know it feels really overwhelming, but I kind of look at those 10 minutes as self-care. I'm doing something for my brain. I love that. You can be in line and just doing it. It's so great. Anywhere, just 10 minutes. Yeah. In as little as three weeks, you can be having real world conversations. The app also has a podcast and I'm listening to the Spanish one right now because that's what I'm learning. And it's called Aventura on the Babel Express. And it's kind of like the Orient Express. And it's about a cat napping. Meow. And it's <laughs> so fun and like easy enough that you can learn as you're listening. It's so cool. I love that. That's what I mean by interactive and like the different ways your brain works because there's so many parts to the Babbel app that can help you however you learn best. And here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. You can get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash date dateline. Again, that's 55% off at babbel.com slash date dateline. And that's spelled B-A-B. E-B-E-L dot com slash date, dateline. Rules and restrictions may apply. Please join Babbel. Let me know what you're learning. We could talk in Spanish together online. How fun would that be? Amazing. Learn how to babble in another language. (laughs) It's perfect. Thank you so much, Babbel. Thank you, Babbel. Gracias. Gracias. Katie, what's another thing that you could do to improve your mind, your body, your health? 
It's the year of improvement. I definitely know. And it's as easy as drinking some deliciously flavored water. Mm. Look, hormones are a sneaky thing. As a woman, they are the kind of thing that can make a huge difference in your life, especially if it's your time of the month. So I would like to speak about our next sponsor, which has made a legitimately huge difference in my daily life and wellness. And I'm talking about mixers. Put simply, mixers is a nutritional supplement that helps balance your hormones. From your very first period to your first hot flash, mixers will be there with you every step of the way. And it's so easy. All you're doing is taking a powder and mixing it in water and drinking something that tastes great and really, really good for you. Amazing. For women searching for PMS relief, Mixers created Her Time. It's the most enjoyable, effective, long-term solution on the market for symptoms of PMS because the ingredients nourish the root cause of hormonal imbalance and eliminate the need for additional costly PMS aids. And for women leaving this period of their lives, (laughs) Mixers also created Her Thrive, which provides menopause support to help balance those pesky hormones that make such a big difference. Yeah, they really do. It's like the unseen force. Yeah. And in addition to balancing hormones, Mixers has a dozen products to support women's wellness, from pre- and postnatal supplements to even a libido booster for sexual wellness. I was browsing the site the other day and I saw they also have a sleep support, an electrolyte enhancer, energy support, and focus support. Oh. I know a few people that could use that. Talking about myself. I would never say that. You would never say it, but we would all think it. (laughs) And I know we've said how delicious it is, but just to give you a taste, the flavors are things like peach passion, coconut Mm. lime, strawberry Mm. lemonade, Mm. or my favorite, the raspberry refresher. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, they're absolutely delicious. So all you need to do is head over to their website to take their quiz to ensure you get matched with which products are designed for your unique wellness goals. And remember, all Mixers products are produced with 100% natural ingredients. They don't use any artificial flavors, colors, or added preservatives, and all their products are gluten-free. So you've heard the buzz about Mixers, but this is your sign to give it a try for yourself. You can get an additional $5 off with code DATEDATELINE. That's Mixers.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline for an additional $5 off your first purchase. Go ahead, mix it up with Mixers. Oh. Thank you so much, Mixers. Amazing products. I am on the road to wellness. Thank you, Mixers. So back to Don and his incredibly rude comment about his daughter. We learned that Don has very strict religious beliefs. He tried to lead his kids to Jesus and believed very firmly that a mother should be home with her kids. He was very frustrated and didn't like it. But there's another reason Don started to not like Rachel's new job. James White, former Marine, gun enthusiast, air park handyman. He was intoxicated by Rachel, a married woman. No good can come of that, Keith tells us. Oh, boy. There would be no datelines if good came of that. James was a Marine, and then he was a Mississippi deputy sheriff. And then he moved with his daughter, and we're meeting his daughter, who's now grown, named Caitlin. She's lovely. And he started a website about creative custom ammunition, like specialty bullets. 
I guess. I don't really understand, but guns are not my thing. He married again to his second wife, but he had this crush on Rachel, the new manager at his job. And sorry, the air park, she works at the air park where they live? Yes. The management company that oversees the air park. Got it. So air park sounds like a park that you go to to look at airplanes. It does, but it's like a an HOA almost. A very fancy HOA with yeah. planes. Okay, got yeah. it. HOA in the sky. It's like a houseboat, but nobody lives in their planes. Yeah. That would be great. Is that a thing? That would be great. Where people live in their private planes? Mm, they're hard to get in and out of those stairs. I feel like it wouldn't be as fun as you think. You forget something in your car and you're like, oh God, I got to go yeah. to my car. And communal bathrooms. Yeah, it's very small bathrooms. So she called James into her office one day and said, I have hopelessly fallen in love with you, which is totally inappropriate. This is a workplace, ma'am, but the heart wants what it wants. And he said, thank God, I love you too. And they start this steamy affair in the air park. And this was not one of those sneak into the closet for a kiss affairs. Keith says, it is one where the husband, Todd, lives in the city during the week and James's wife doesn't live in the air park. So they are just out in the open having this affair. They spend all their time together. James says they were one heartbeat intertwined. Oh, boy. He speaks very poetically. She has a way with men. First Tim and then Todd and now James. They're all waxing poetic about her. Yeah. Now, James's daughter, Caitlin, who was a young girl at that time, knew about the affair, loved Rachel, kept the secret for her dad. Rachel's kids know about the affair. They don't say anything to Todd. Rachel's dad, Don, thought that James seemed like a nice Christian guy, which to him is what's important. But then he starts to see them around each other and thinks, does this guy is this guy trying to bed my daughter? I don't don't like that. I don't like that, and I don't know why I don't like it, but Katie seems to not like it either. Bedding is not... Bed my daughter. Feels very old-fashioned and sexual. It might have been also bad if he had said screw. Yeah. That would have been bad. Or bang. Bang would have been the worst. Bang is up here level 10. (laughs) Yeah. Bed... It's like eight. Yeah, it's still bad. The old-fashionedness of it makes it almost worse for The me. Old Testament sound of it? Yeah, yeah, sounds bad. Sounds bad. So people around the neighborhood were also suspicious. I bet the gossip at those Easter parties was a lot more exciting, unless they were already swinging, in case those ice cream socials were already very fun. I bet there were some K-Scandal League stuff in that. There have to be. Lots of money. Rich people having fun. Yeah. Pharmaceutical CEOs, you bet. Yeah. James's wife discovers the affair. Okay, sorry. Hold. Yeah. So James is married to his second wife, but Caitlin, his daughter, knows about the affair. Caitlin, I'm assuming, is from his first marriage? Yes, correct. Does he have any kids with his second wife? I don't think so, no. I think he only has Caitlin. So she does not like her stepmom. Correct. Okay. And then how old are... Rachel's kids at this time that they know about the affair? Do they just think James is a friend? I know you said they know about the affair. 
Keith says the kids kept the secret for their parents, so it's kind of like they know, but I think they were fairly little and maybe confused. Maybe she just said, this is my special friend. Yeah, mommy's friend. Let, don't tell daddy. It's, it is not great. It's not great. Secret keeping, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. and making your kids involved is Rough. not great. James's wife discovers the affair, separates from him, and calls Todd and says, our spouses are bedding each other. Stop it. <laughs> Stop using that term. So Todd begs Rachel, please call it off. Rachel says, okay, and she tries to stay away from James, but they just can't because their souls are intertwined. You can't separate from someone if your hearts are one heart now. They have this real spiritual bond, James says, and then shady editing alert, Dateline cuts to a photo of them with Rachel in lingerie, a spiritual bond lingerie photo. Dateline. Dateline. That's shady. Come on now. But I love it. Rachel told James Todd was stingy. He was emotionally distant. He was devious. And I was thinking, is she going to say diabolical? When she says devious, that's a really good word for it because it might even be diabolical. Oh, Apparently, boy. Todd faked having cancer twice. Okay. Not once, twice to avoid deadlines at work. What's the episode called? Of the podcast, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Scamanda. 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 Yeah. It's to avoid deadlines at work. He faked having cancer twice. So One despicable. time, he faked a catatonic state <laughs> to avoid doing a presentation for work. Katie, guess what I'm going to be doing on Saturday? At no, crime I called it. I called it. I called it Calsies. No, I called it. I said it no, first. Cata no, I no, can no, catatonic no. state. I had it in my notes. You can have allergic reaction. I can have an allergic reaction. No, that doesn't work. Can we both fake something? You're much more apt to have an allergic reaction. You're right. I really am. I do have terrible allergies. So I'm going to use catatonic. Okay, you get catatonic. I'm going to have my throat close up and okay. anaphylactic shock. Great. Perfect. Mank is just going to be on stage by himself. There we go. So faked a catatonic state to avoid a presentation. He talked about staging a car accident to collect insurance. That's less diabolical than the others, but it's still horrible. What if someone got hurt by for real in your car accident scheme? No, maybe he's going to like, well, but it would have to be something that happened on work property, right? Yeah, unless he had some sort of really good car insurance. This is all really... Also, we have no proof of this. No, Rachel said this to James. This is hearsay. Then Rachel gets pregnant with Todd's baby. We don't know how they know that it's Todd's baby. Did you wonder how we know it's Todd's baby? Because she's still sleeping with James, I think. They seem definite, though. They did. They I'm wondering definite. if she did a DNA or something. Can you do a D Can you do DNA if baby's in the womb? You can. So maybe she did that. She might have done that. Don't break up, though. Her and James don't break up, even though she's pregnant with Todd's baby. Todd said it made them closer. He was happy to raise Todd's kids as his own. He is one of just a line of men who are clovismatized by this woman. It's astounding. Yeah. So Todd decides to fight back because his pregnant wife is still sleeping with James. 
he decides to recruit his best ally, Don, Rachel's dad, because he did not like his daughter's behavior. This is not good Christian behavior. And in fact, was too much like his own behavior. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Enter hypocritical religious person. Enter the thorn in your own eye or whatever it is. I don't remember. (laughs) The splinter in your own something. Something about eyes and plucking it out before thy plucks thy neighbor. Something. Something about plucking and eyes. An eye for an eye? No. It's about plucking. Okay. Hold on. Just keep going. We're going to look it up because otherwise we'll get 50 messages from people telling us what it is. Okay. Remove the splinter from... Oh, wait. Matthew 7, verses 3 through 5. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of thine own eye, then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. There we go. It's the King James Version. Got it? Got it. Thank you. I don't know what a mote is. M-O-T-E. It's basically remove the splinter from... You like take the log out of your own eye, take the huge branch out of your own eye before you remove the tiny splinter out of the other person's eye. Okay. Yeah. A moat is like a tiny speck. A splinter. Yeah, a moat. Okay. So Todd gets Don to help him. Don is like, yeah, it's been really pissing me off that my daughter is bedding this other guy. Stop. Because it. I used to be a better, a habitual better. So he says to Keith, there was one major obstacle to my piousness, my hypocrisy. And at least he says it because most religious hypocrite, hypocratic, what's happening? Hypocrites. Hypogriffs. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> on Dateline, don't admit it or in politics or anything. I'm going to say in life, people in life. tend to not. It's a rough call. He, yeah. But I bet you also he said this Bible verse or Keith said it to him and they just cut it for time. Yeah, that's a really good call. But this is one thing that I'm glad that Don does, which is admit that he is a hypocrite. It really is. It's the one time I'm on board with Don because I can forgive anything if you admit it. Right. Yeah. On almost anything. So not catatonic states that no, are real. There are many, actually many things I can't forgive, actually. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> so he said he spent his marriage to Rachel's mom chasing women. And Keith says, ah, women thought his artistic career was hot. He had hot artistic daddy energy. And he cheated multiple times when Rachel was a kid and destroyed their family. And he felt like it really left an impact on Rachel. And maybe the reason she is a cheater is because she had that model growing up. I am not going to comment on that. But that's how he feels. So he feels like I need to fix this situation by repairing my daughter's marriage to this rich guy who took me to Australia. So Todd and Don... Buddy cop, father-in-law and son-in-law, drive to James's house. His 16-year-old daughter, Caitlin, is there and maybe doesn't want to be part of a showdown, but this is what happens. And Caitlin and James are big hunters. They're big with the guns. They had just been out on the gun range. So she has a gun. She's like, I already had a gun. James already had a gun. 
I don't know why they felt like the guns are necessary, but two men that you know don't like you are coming to your house. I guess you would want to be armed if you were the type of person that liked guns. I guess I get that. Sorry, they're in Napa? Yeah, they're in like a suburb of, you know, San Francisco. It's like very rich. No, James doesn't live in the airport. So it's his his was on like the outside of the Yeah, because he doesn't have a plane. He's a handyman. Yeah, exactly. But still, it's just, it is funny to sort of think about this Silicon Valley. Yeah, shootout. We're packing. We're packing heat. Yeah. It's like Boeing versus another kind of airplane. Lockheed. Um, I couldn't think of another plane. Yeah, I got nothing. So Caitlin sees them drive up and says, Dad, Todd, and Don are here. And it's like tumbleweeds. But again, we're outside San Francisco, so it's not tumbleweeds. And James says that they had Rachel's kids in their arms as human shields. Basically, he's ready to fire on these men that have just come to talk to him. And he says they are holding children in their arms because they're wusses. And using children as human shields. The way this scenario plays out, like this is what James's perception is of what's happening. But then Dawn literally admits it. Dawn says, I don't remember. Maybe we were holding the kids. No, he says human shield. Doesn't Dawn yeah, say the I word think human he says shield? It like sarcastically. He's like, okay, we were holding kids as human shields. You surely were. <laughs> that is what happened. You didn't have heat. So you brought the ultimate deflector for a mm-hmm. gun, which is a child, Yeah, to talk about an affair. Yeah. Also, the, again, there's another child there, the there 16-year-old is. Caitlin, who should not be part of this. But she's packing heat, too. You try so, to tell a 16-year-old that they're not a fully grown adult. I know. That girl <laughs> thinks she's an adult. Don't tell a 16-year-old with a gun anything. Yeah. yeah Teenagers are scary enough without guns. Yeah. So- Todd says, I would appreciate it if you'd stay away from Rachel. It's like one of those duels that is very formal. I would appreciate it. I am your forever, your obedient servant. A dot ham, a dot burr. It's so formal. And one of you has a gun. Yeah, I would appreciate it if you'd stay away from Rachel. And James says, no, no. Now, at this point, I kind of like James. I like that he said that. Even though this whole affair is very icky, but just get a divorce. But I think she's trying to get a divorce. I think Todd is like, no, we're not getting divorced. And she's like, well, I need the paper signed, buddy. Yeah. Right? No? She definitely wants to leave. Yeah. And I think James is her way out. Or maybe she loves James. I don't know. I do kind of think she loves James. I'm going with the romantic angle on this. She's a romantic at heart. I think she falls in love very easily. She's an artist. She's a romantic at heart. So there's like a pause. And Todd then says, hey, Caitlin, acknowledging the 16-year-old there. And she says, get off this property. She did not. I think she said something with cuss words. She said the F word. (laughs) Yeah, I think for sure she said something. I'm so glad you thought that because I was like, Caitlin, and I love the line reading she gives on it because she looks dead in the canter and says, you get off this property. She does really good line readings the whole time to Keith. It's like you're there. Caitlin is an exceptional young lady. I hope she's doing well. So they just drive away. The two men with 
babies as human shields and no weapons turn and run for the hills. Wise decision. Wise decision. So Don was hoping that this went well, like they accomplished something, and James is going to stop betting his daughter. I don't know why he thought that, because James clearly said, no, I'm not going to stop. But Don is hopeful. Don. It doesn't happen. Rachel starts to spend more time at James's house and starts to fill out divorce papers. She says she is done. She says it even doesn't have to do with James. She's like, even if you weren't in the picture, I'm still done with Todd. And so she fills out these papers and then she goes home to tell him. And the next morning, someone calls 911. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we've had several instances where you're like, is this the dateline? Is it at the bar after the wedding? Is this the dateline? Is the tumbleweeds confrontation? No, it's something else. It's when Rachel goes home to tell Todd, here are divorce papers I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. The most dangerous time. It is, 100%. The neighbors all see sheriffs with AR-15s, a very dramatic standoff happening at the house. Can you imagine the gossip at the next ice cream social after this? The next ice cream social, the next two years ice cream social. Yes. They talked about they lived on this Forever. for years. Obviously, someone's dead and it's so sad, but the neighbor that loves gossip, I'm sure that when new neighbors come in, they just can't wait to fill them in on everything that's happened. There was the handyman and she was sleeping with him and like. But they didn't seem to like her very much or know know. her that much, which leads me to believe that Todd was real showy. Like, I'm the family man. I'm the good dad. And Rachel was just a little more introverted on that stuff. I just refuse to believe that Rachel wasn't that great of a mom, contrary to what Don says. I think it's one of those, oh, my God, you're at the park with your kids. You were such an amazing dad. 100%. When the mom does everything the rest, 20 other 23 hours of the day. When the mom cleans up the vomit. Yeah. That's what I feel like was happening. So there's all this drama at the house. We hear the body cam footage as they're arresting Todd. So we know that it is Rachel that has died and it is Todd that is being arrested. Is this when we hear the 911 call? We do. It's just a random person. It's a neighbor. So oh, okay. it's but, so flatlined and I thought it was Todd when we first no, hear it. And 100%. it's like, there's been a fatality. Yeah. Oh, actually, it's not. We're going to find out who it is in a second. It's actually not a neighbor. But did you think it was Todd? Oh, 100%. Okay. And he was like, I've been informed that there is a body. And I'm like, that's your wife. But yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't Todd. You. So they do have this incredibly awkward body cam footage where the cop says, Who else is inside the house? And Todd says, no one else is inside the house. Where's your wife? My wife is inside the house. You said no one else was inside the house. My wife is dead. It's like an incredibly sad Abbott and Costello routine. It is so strange. Why are they playing semantics? I was getting ready for him to say no one living is in the house. It might as well have been. It's really, it's also very cold. Very cold. Very cold. So... Poor Rachel, who was only 37 years old, is dead inside the house. One of the neighbors calls Don, Rachel's dad, and he says, I can't with Don, you guys. This one might be the worst. This one might be more like worse than the rubbing eyes and she wasn't that great of a mom. This one might be the worst. 
And again, I think he might be upset and this is just his personality or his I, defense mechanism. I think 100% that's what's happening because it's too much. It's just that you either just really don't love your daughter, but this seems like all a defense so you don't cry. Yeah. So he says in this annoyed voice, yeah. I get this phone call from this screaming and irrational voice on the phone and they're crying and he says, is it Rachel? And the voice says, yes, it's Rachel. He does a fake crying imitation of the person who was calling to tell you your daughter has been killed. Is that where we're at with you, Don? We have hit a new low. What's that thing where you don't see like you're watching it as someone else disassociate? Yeah. Where you're watching it kind of outside your body. But I've never heard of dissociating and mocking. Maybe if you're a mocking person, if you're yeah. a sarcastic guy. Yeah, just, and so he's still relaying the conversation. He says, I said, is there a yellow ribbon around the property? Yeah, yeah. Again, crying voice. Is wow. there a big white van in front of the house? Yes, yes. This is uh, it's the strangest reaction I've ever seen on Dateline. You did I, it, Don. Congratulations. I'm trying to help you, Don, because it's so bizarre that I can only think that you're hurting so bad that you have to do this. Yeah, it has to be. It has no to be that. No one can be this cold. No, no. Not about their own child. No, it's impossible. No, not happening. I th He's really trying to not You're mocking cry. the person who is crying because your daughter died. Right. I can't. Then what does he do? He says something now, though, doesn't he? he says, no. Well, he says, we well, he killed her, right? Something like that? Oh, yeah. He says... He killed her. I knew it or something. And I think he thought it was James at first, probably, because James is the one with all the guns. And Todd was like his best friend. He loved Todd. Or Tim. He hates Tim. Or Tim. Tim came back with a, a weapon as a paintbrush. And he was like, killed her with paint and love and puka shells. So then we cut to James. And someone called him and he says, I woke up on the floor. I completely blacked out when I heard the news, which oh. is an appropriate response, James. Good uh -huh. job. Caitlin was also devastated. Mm. She also dropped to the floor. Another appropriate response. Mm -hmm. Todd admits to police that he killed Rachel, but it was self-defense. Rachel told him she was leaving him. They argued about custody of the kids. And she threatened him and said, I'm going to have my boyfriend get rid of you. He collects guns. And he says he overreacted and punched her. But then he tried to apologize and she attacked him with a pair of scissors and they struggled over the scissors. And Todd says, I'm overweight and out of shape and my wife is in great shape. She's a very strong girl. I roll. You outweigh her by like a lot. 75 pounds, 50 pounds at least, and inches. A lot. Also, sorry, weren't you a Marine? You used to be an ex-fighter pilot. Fighter yeah. pilot, yeah. And she's a very thin woman. So mm -hmm. he finally gets the scissors and he pokes her in the eye to break free. He gets away and runs to the car. But then he was worried about the kids who were still in the house. And she was in the baby's room at the time of the attack. 
So he goes back in to rescue the kids from Rachel because he was scared that she would do something to them. He puts on his motorcycle jacket for protection. Call the police. Call Why the police. Why are you not calling the police? Puts on his motorcycle jacket, and when he goes back into the baby's room, she was waiting for him. She kicked him in the face, and they wrestle again. It's like, kill Bill, and they- You didn't get kicked in the face. You didn't get kicked in the face. And he ends up stabbing her in the throat with the scissors. He says it was kill or be killed. And then- Sorry, in front of the baby. In front of the baby. Great. Then he made a bottle for the baby, and he kind of paced around, and he worried- He started cleaning up the house. Seven hours later, he calls his lawyer and has the lawyer call 911. So it's the lawyer that makes that call. The investigators get to the house and they are very surprised. First of all, they thought it looked great from the outside, very fancy, but inside was a mess. I thought it looked like a typical house with kids. It didn't look that bad, but there is renovation happening in the kitchen or like something. There's like baseboards and no cabinet doors and things like something was happening that was strange. Also, what did you do for seven hours that you said you cleaned? I don't think you cleaned for seven hours. It doesn't look like it. I think he probably tried to figure out if he could cover up the scene and make it look like she left. 100%. Yeah. Because it'd be really easy to say she left and pin it on James, or I'm sure he was trying to figure out how he could do that. Exactly. And I would be surprised if he didn't call someone for advice on that. Yep. That I don't know. Allegedly, maybe. Oh, gotta check his phone records. Yeah. I'd like to know if he made any calls besides to his lawyer. Yeah. The investigators are poking around, and in the nightstand, they find a blue box. And in the blue box is a bag of ashes that say Catherine Lynn Winkler. And that's when they realize Todd had a previous wife and they need to investigate. Dun, dun, dun. And we will be covering that investigation in part two. Part two. Wow, that is unbelievable. Wild. What a sad story. Oh, my goodness. So many. So unfair. So many men that loved and men that hated. And there's just so many emotions with the men. Yeah. And poor Rachel. She seemed just lost and didn't just wanted to be happy, but couldn't find what made her happy. I don't know. Well, and then did find what made her happy, but it made the wrong choice in a rebound. Yeah. Because clearly Todd is a rebound from Tim. Absolutely. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Question is, does Rachel know about the blue box? But we'll get to that next time. We are so thankful for all of you who are coming to CrimeCon and voted for us. We are so thankful for all of you that are listening and comment on our social media posts and engage with us. That really helps. If you left us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate that. And support our sponsors because that's a huge part of how this show keeps running is our sponsors. And They love to hear from you and know that we sent you to them. So thank thank you, everybody. And we will see you next week. We'll see you next week. With part two. the follow-up, part two, Death Imitates Art. (gasps) Oh, that's good. Be your own bucket hat. Be your own bucket hat, folks. See you next week. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Stop. What's happening with your mic? Your mic is about to fall down. 
I hate this mic stand. It just is not strong enough to hold this mic. This mic is too top heavy, so it just falls. I have to wedge something to keep it. It's just not good. Why don't you buy a new one? This is the one that I was given with it. You can buy a new one. I don't know how. So I don't know which one will fit. I don't know what to do. I have to deal with this until it just completely breaks. Then I'll deal with it. That's funny. This is, this is the lot I've been given in life. But he doesn't look professional. It's he hard doesn't. to take him seriously in the bucket hat and sublime shirt combo. And the puka shells. I'm just not. I'm not bringing those up. <laughs> you can assume that he's wearing that necklace with the two items I just told you. Yeah. <laughs> 